ESPN Radio. It's C2 Times 2 on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app series, XM Channel 80 and E+. Chris Carlin and Chris Candy, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. As always, tap in on the Candy call-in line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And last 48 hours, big fella, all the news around quarterbacks has been about Kyler Murray and people disagreeing with his method in going about trying to get paid. But it's kind of, I don't know, made Aaron Rodgers' drama take a little bit of a backseat. And I know that we've been waiting for Aaron Rodgers to make this decision he said that he wasn't going to drag it out, and yet he's proceeded to go ahead and drag this thing on out. And Mike Tannenbaum made the point that the longer he takes to make this decision, the tougher he makes it for the Packers organization, and then also players on the Packers, veteran guys that have no guaranteed money on their contracts. If you're going to be cut loose, you want to be cut loose before the start of free agency, so you have a chance to latch on somewhere before all the money starts flying toward the young players. But it seems like Aaron Rodgers is being incredibly selfish in this decision, because the last year and a half, it seems like the Packers have tried to acquiesce at everything that he's wanted from them, and yet he still seems noncommittal. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. What else is new? I'm so sick of it. I'm so sick of Aaron Rodgers pulling all the drama that he just cannot get. An, he loves himself some Aaron Rodgers, boy. He is getting all the attention that he wants in being able to string everybody along and and, you know, Come out of a punch of karma fast last week and give that as an excuse. Well, you know why he needed it, right? Because uh, he's full of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, like, I'm just, it has literally brought me to the point of how much longer do you, do you deal with it? And, and to me, when they lost to the 49ers this year, in that weather, that is supposed to be Green Bay weather. And he, after the opening drive, where he went, I think it was five for six for 50-some yards. He threw for 170 yards the rest of the way. No touchdowns, not another touchdown the team scored the rest of the day. 49ers are good on defense, don't get me wrong. But there's no reason that Aaron Rodgers shouldn't be able to put up 24 points against the 49ers offensively. CC, no he, lost, he lost to a team that didn't score an offensive touchdown in the playoffs. And, and at, home, an at home. It's an embarrassment. Yeah, but that's also coming off of being bested by Tom Brady in the NFC Championship at Lambeau the year before. And the year before that, being bested by a 49ers team that threw the ball a grand total of eight times. So at, at some point, we have to stop saying Aaron Rodgers has the excuse of the organization not supporting him properly. He's got everything he needs. The team has won 39 regular season games in the last three years. How much more does Aaron Rodgers need in order to have high-level success? And are we resigning ourselves to the fact that maybe Aaron Rodgers, just maybe, he isn't as great as everybody thought he was? Look, he puts up the gaudy numbers during the regular season. He wins another MVP. Good for you. Go win your MVP somewhere else. I, I can't be held hostage by this, and I get it. I, I understand how great of a quarterback he is. But I understand that he hasn't gotten me over the hump the last few years. And my window is not exactly wide open to win a championship. So I've got a chance now to just reshape things and move toward the future when... I, Chris, look, I get the NFC's not great, okay? Mm. I don't, for a minute, if you ask me to pick a team in the NFC purely out of history and lack of trust right now, I would not pick the Packers. 
because if they were ever going to do it, it was this year. You had the number one seed, the bye, at home, cold weather, anything you could ask for, and you still screwed it up. You still screwed it up. I'm with you on this one, Carlin, and I get it. It's starting to get to that point where the juice might not be worth the squeeze. squeeze. And you're talking about a guy that's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But at the same time, the organization is in a position where they got to see Aaron Rodgers, whether he decides he's going to stay or whether he decides he's going to go. He's got a $46.1 million cap hit. Yeah. And they probably are going to be in a position where they have to franchise Devontae Adams. So they can't get under the projected salary cap by March 16th, unless they work out some kind of agreement with Aaron Rodgers, whether that's signing him to, to an extension or working out a sign-and-trade elsewhere. They absolutely have to come see him. So this is a position right now where Brian Gutekunst can't be impatient because Aaron Rodgers holds all the cards. I get that. But at some point, Aaron, we're, we're going to move on. We're going to trade you. Let's talk about where you want to go. Let's talk about do you want to go to Denver? Because I need to get my house in order. I'm not. I, I need to get my. That's they're a, better that's a, off, ooh. Chris. I get how good he is. What have they won? He has won one championship there. He has been to one Super Bowl there, and that was ten years ago. He's great. He's an MVP. I know that even if he didn't win it, he'd tell me he was a four-time MVP. But I have to say. At some point, I gotta if I can maximize what he's worth, which I mean, let's let's be realistic. If you're the Denver Broncos, are you ready to give up four number one picks for him? Maybe. Well, I don't think you're gonna give up four number one picks. Well, can, I, let's can say you at even, least three. three. Yeah, yeah. At least three. Well, three yeah. and something else. Well, yeah, well or three gonna, and a player. Well, yeah, you're gonna give up you're gonna give up multiple first round draft picks, but then the compensation going back to Green Bay is also gonna be affected by the contract extension that you got to give Aaron Rodgers. Because whenever they work out this deal, he's going to be the highest paid player in the league. And I know that okay, he, but I know he, I know he said that he's not asking for $50 million a year. But let's be realistic for a second. Right now, top dog is Pat Mahomes. He's getting paid $45 million a year. Yeah. It's going to exceed whatever Pat Mahomes is yes. getting. So you're doing that. You're giving him the money plus the draft picks. Now, does that put you in championship contention? It absolutely does. But if your general manager, Brian Gutekunst, do you want to be the general manager that does that, that trades away a first ballot Hall of Famer to a team that could potentially win a title, and then your team with a bunch of draft picks is supposed to move forward? I'm just saying from an optic standpoint, it becomes a decision that's hard to defend I know. if you draw a hard line with the quarterback. If Aaron Rodgers said he wants to leave, then that's on Aaron Rodgers. But if Brian Gutekunst comes to him and says, we're making you leave, this is the date, and if you don't take it, then you're out of here. Like this, that's a different dynamic altogether. No, I get it, but I, I, I just think that when you are when you are another team, look at what the T-shirt of the GM of the <laughs> World Championship team just had on at the parade. Oh yeah, it was great. And, it was and, great. I and, loved it. And, you know, blank the picks. F them picks. Yeah, yeah. And so somebody, it's a copycat league. Somebody is going to give up all those picks. And maybe it gives me a chance to rebuild sooner rather than later. I get it. Franchise quarterback. Do I believe right now the Green Bay Packers are winning the Super Bowl next year with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback? Why should I believe that? Why, Based on what has transpired here lately, 
Why should I believe that? Well, here's what I'll say, CC. You just want as many tickets to the dance as you possibly can have. And you've gone to the well, he stopped. He stopped punching them a while ago. Well, here's the thing. Well, he's been in the playoffs. He's been in the playoffs. They yeah. Won, they won playoff games two years ago. They right. got ousted this year in Green Bay against the 49ers. I get it. It's a bad look. But you've won multiple playoff games the last couple of years. It just seems like this is a situation where you would want to have an opportunity to see if Aaron Rodgers is capable of getting you to – you know, the final four, getting you to the conference championship weekend, especially with what's going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, no Tom Brady. Looking at what's happened with the 49ers, they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. I mean, you're talking about a short list of teams that you would have to clear in order to have a path to get to the Super Bowl. The L.A. Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, who had a disappointing season themselves. I mean, that's that's essentially what you're talking about if you're Green Bay. That, I don't know that that's something that you can walk away from even if you're moving on from some guys on the defensive side of the ball that you can't afford under your salary cap. I get it. I just I, I don't want to hear about it anymore. And and when you haven't won it for me in 10 years, when is it really going to happen now at this point? Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, know. You're looking at it. Aaron Rodgers I, is the common I denominator mean, with all of it. I, the end of Mike McCarthy and now with Matt LaFleur. And the common <laughs> denominator is the quarterback. And I'm right. I think you're right. I can make talk- the argument that if Rashard Mendenhall doesn't fumble, he's got exactly zero rings. <laughs> there you go. That, there you go. There you go. So, you know one thing that I'm tired of hearing about in New York is when Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy. I'm, ty- I'm tired of hearing about that, too. Ah. Chuck in Texas, Brad in Michigan, Ryan in New York. Hold on on the candy calling line. We're going to get to you guys on the other side of the break. But coming up next, can you make the case that the Giants should keep Saquon Barkley? We'll have the answer for you. This is Chris Carlin and Chris Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. It's Carlin and Canny on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. So are the Packers better off without Aaron Rodgers? We teed it up for you guys. We wanted to hear from you on the Canny Carlin line. That's 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. Let's go out to Chuck in Texas. Chuck, you're on ESPN Radio. How are you guys doing? Hey, um, I had one view at one time when I first called until I listened to you guys. You know, you guys stand up for Kyle Murray, and he hasn't done anything compared to what Aaron Rodgers has done. And you want him to get the money and stuff. And this is a business. And um, uh, there's no way they're better off without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he may not. He's won a Super Bowl more than, you know, a lot of quarterbacks out there. And um, it, the, you can, you can't even compare. Maybe in the future, but I, I think he. I'm talking the about right for the long term. I'm not saying that they're a better team without him. I'm talking about for the long term future of that organization, which which has to start at some point. Then yeah, they're better off without him on that front, because what they're going to get in return is at least some pieces to go start rebuilding the whole situation. Because I don't believe that they will win a championship next year. Yeah, and I think that's what it comes down to with Aaron Rodgers. If he's not going to win a championship, then what good is he to you if you're the Green Bay Packers? Now, we'll recognize that there's a short list of title contenders in the NFC right now as constituted. It's a long offseason, we'll see. But in looking at the situation, if he's not going to deliver another title, then you might as well flip him and get maximum value in return and start the process with Jordan Love and making sure that you put the requisite pieces around him so you can develop him properly. Because let's remember, it wasn't a popular decision to move off of Brett Favre and go with Aaron Rodgers, but the organization made the decision back then 
because they had to see what they had in the guy before they were going to invest in him. The same can be can be can go for Jordan Love right now. So I think that has to be under consideration. Let's go to Hillary in Houston. Hillary, you're on ESPN Radio. Hey, how you doing, guys? Thanks for taking the call. All right, what you got for us? Yeah, I was uh, wanting to weigh in on the Aaron Rodgers saga. You know, this is a, a guy who every year talks about how he would like to have the NFC Championship game in the Elements uh, in Green Bay. And then he's had that opportunity a couple of times and uh, cannot get them over the hump. I don't think he's the the guy that he thinks he is. Um, he's had two opportunities and, and has done nothing with it. I think he's – look, we're not going to debate what level of player he is. He's an exceptional level of player. But you can't argue with not getting over the hump here because – they they did everything you want. They literally went out and traded for the guy you asked them that day to trade for with Randall Cobb last year to bring back your guy. And did anybody notice, by the way, everything that Aaron Rodgers wanted to do was to keep all of his old buddies on the team and, and the guys that he thought still had something left, yet when they went somewhere else had zip, had nothing left. No, I mean, that's something that you have to acknowledge. But again, this is the organization trying to bend over backwards to make yep. Aaron comfortable and to make an awkward situation a little more palatable. But uh, I think Hillary, that last caller from Houston, makes a point. Aaron Rodgers is a different quarterback when we get into the postseason of late than he is in the regular season. And, and Carlin... I speak from firsthand experience. I played against that 15-1 and Packers team that was the number one seed in the NFC back in 2011, and we went to Lambeau Field, and we beat the brakes off of Green Bay. That was a 37-20 to final score, and let me tell you something. The game wasn't that damn close, yep. and Aaron Rodgers came up really small. Now, his receivers didn't help him out, but there's something to be said for a quarterback that continues to come up short when you're paying a guy to do high-level winning. You're not paying him for the regular season stats. You're paying him to help put you in position to compete for championships, and that's not something that he's done. Should a guy who is of Aaron Rodgers' caliber be 12-10 and 10 in the playoffs lifetime? No. 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 And I, th- and I think you leave it at that. But uh, speaking of high-profile players that the organizations need to move on from, we heard from new New York Giants general manager Joe Shane at the Combine, and when the story about what players were untouchable or what players were off the table came up, here's what he had to say. We're still working through that, but I, I, I mean, I'm open to everything. Like, whether it's, you know, again, trading player for player, you know, I'll listen to anybody if it's, it's, it's trading, you know, a couple players. Um, you know, I'm not going to say the entire roster, you know, we're open for business on the entire roster, but if... Um, anybody's going to call and, and they're interested in any of our players, I'll, I'll certainly listen. And, CC, I don't know if you heard that, but I know Joe Shane has been very vocal about shedding $40 million off of the payroll for the New York Giants. And one guy that everybody has circled in order to do that is Saquon Barkley, who accounts for roughly $7 million on their cap this year. Now, cutting him does nothing because they still owe him that money. It's guaranteed. But there is the potential to trade Saquon Barkley, and the question is, should they consider making that move in order to cut down on your payroll given where this team is at right now? Yeah, they should consider it. But I can make the case that they should keep him too. Hmm. And and look, if we're talking about his price tag right now being, we're talking before the show, third round pick? Yeah. Third round pick for Saquon Barkley right now, you get rid of $7 million. Is it worth doing when I, I can't do anything with Kenny Galladay I'm stuck with him this year. 
I can't, you know, Kadarius Tony. I want to see what he truly is. Today they cut Devontae Booker and Kyle Rudolph to shed a little bit of money. Sterling Shepard should be next order of he business. He should be. Yeah. I agree. And you, I guess in theory, I would assume that they're going to draft a another offensive lineman in the first round with one of their top two picks. I think that's going to happen. So if all of that is true, and I'm still trying to find out the answer on Daniel Jones, which to me, if you're still asking for the answer, you know the answer already. Exactly. And the answer is no. But if I'm still legitimately trying to do it with a new coach and a new GM coming in, I give it one last ride with Barkley to really see what this offense could be if these guys stay healthy. Now, that's the biggest if. Like, I can't trust him to stay healthy. (laughs) I can't trust the quarterback. Like, somebody's killing Kyler Murray before for missing two games. I mean, look, Daniel Jones missed games every year. Every single season he's missed games. And so I'm with you on that one. You do want to see what Daniel Jones is and have the supporting cast. But the thing that I will push back on with Saquon Barkley is, is his value going to be any higher for the New York Giants than it is right now? We're talking about a third-round draft pick potentially getting back in return if you trade him this offseason. If he gets banged up, which is very likely to happen because he does play running back, you're talking about getting less in return for a guy that you spent the second overall pick in in 2018. If as you- ridiculous as that sounds, it feels like you cut bait and you move on and you try to maximize the value in return because guess what, CC? I'm done making decisions for what's in the interest of Daniel Jones. Okay. I'm about making decisions about moving my franchise forward, and if it just so happens to help Daniel Jones, then cool. But if it doesn't, I'm not going to consume myself with trying to hang on to pieces in order to see whether or not he can be the guy. What percentage would you give the chance of this happening, that Saquon had a season like he had in his rookie season? Oh, I would I would say next to none, less than 10%. Less than 10%. Yes. And that's totally based on injury. Yes, Tell me the running back that gets healthier as they get older. I agree. I agree. He's not old yet, though. He's getting older, but he's not old yet. And it is a full year after the ACL, which they always say. Listen, I'm making excuses here. And I hear myself doing it. You make more excuses than somebody going to jail. (laughs) But here's my point. I can make the case that they're better off if it is only a third-round pick because I still at least want to see if there's a chance that I can get that up to a second-round pick if he had a good enough year? Maybe I could. Maybe I could. That's a maybe. I'm not paying that, long that's, term. A, that's a maybe and an if. That's a whole lot of wishful thinking. Let's for be my, honest. That's a whole it, lot of wishful maybe thinking. Maybe should be his freaking middle name. Okay. Okay? Okay. Uh, really. If should be Barkley's middle name. Okay. Brad in Michigan, hold tight on the candy calling line. We're going to get to you. But coming up next, people don't forget. And I'll tell you why Terrell Owens was not only a Hall of Fame player, but he was a Hall of Fame teammate. Stay tuned. You're listening to Carlin and Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. It's Canny and Carlin on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on Twitter at ChrisCanny99 and at Chris Carlin. And as always, tap in on the Canny Carlin line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-729. 3776, and we were having a conversation about Aaron Rodgers and whether or not the Packers were better off. And so I feel like we've got to pay this off and we got to get out to Brad in Michigan. Brad, you're on ESPN Radio. What up? Hey, guys. Uh, sounds like you're getting ready to move on to uh, that's my quarterback. 
But, uh, <laughs> and I'm interested to see what you have to say about that. But um, a few things real quick. Um, Kyler, I think one of my biggest things is, and we just heard Booger on the Sports Center uh, talk about him being 5'9", and we're talking about his body language and everything else. My, my question is, do his teammates look at him like a Drew Brees kind of leader? Uh, that, that's one thing. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers, going through everything he went through with Brett Favre and, and the whole thing went, and I think one thing we're overlooking is we're not talking about an old, we're not talking about an owner. We're talking about the fans as owners. And I'm not a Green Bay fan. Unfortunately, I'm a Lions fan. But, you know, granted, we're talking about managers and everything else, but the fans are the owners. So we're not talking about, and for him to see Brett Favre do the same thing, it just kind of makes you wonder what he's thinking as far as that goes and how the fans feel about that. And real quick, Candy, you basically said what I was thinking about Saquon. If he's at his highest value right now and you're, you have questions about his quarterback, why not just cut bait with everything and, and start over with as much value as you, as you can possibly have and, and try to rebuild? Thanks, guys. Rodgers has outfarved Favre in, <laughs> in every way possible. I mean, you thought Favre was bad. Come on, be fair. This is infinitely worse than Favre. At least Favre told you he wanted out. Rogers is making you to sit here and making you wonder about the whole thing, and and Favre always made things about himself. And Rogers has been—it's like he took a master class on how to do it from Favre, and has taken it even further. And as far as Saquon, look, I'm kind of at the point where I get it either way. I get it either way. I get it if you want to see what is actually left. If there's any way that the guy could stay healthy and be something, and then maybe raise that value a little bit. And I get it if you're just ready to move on now if you're Joe Shane. CC, you know what I don't get? The Giants fans that are still hanging on to that take that Saquon Barkley was the right pick at number two overall in 2018. Who are they? When, when Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson were still on the board. It, I, I still can't believe that there are folks that are holding on to that take. But that reminds me, it is Wednesday. And around here, CC, we like to do a little segment called People Don't Forget. Hey, Greg, why don't you go f*** your pants again? That was like eight years ago. People don't forget. Forget, forget. So you guys know what this is all about. This is people don't forget when people say things or do things and then doesn't necessarily end up working out the best for them or like they might have thought it would, and it doesn't age well. So we only feel like we have the responsibility to make sure that people don't forget the things that were said and done in the past and bring them up in real time and see how it lands. So today's people don't forget, we're going to tee it up with Russell Wilson, who says he spends a million dollars a year on his body. Wilson also said he hopes to play in the NFL until he's 45. Now, Carlin, I actually played with a guy down in Dallas by the name of Terrell Owens, who I think could have played until he's 45. He should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer, but the media and the fan bases wouldn't give him the satisfaction of making that happen. But one thing about Terrell Owens that he did, as much as he was a competitor on the field and being a teammate in the locker room, he was a great teammate when it came to looking out for a lot of other guys that were in that locker room, especially the younger players, guys that were still on rookie deals. Because Terrell Owens was one of the first players that I can remember that spent a lot of money and taking care of his body. He had his own team of doctors, massage therapists, nutritionists, people flying in from all over the country to take care of his body to make sure that he was in peak physical condition for Sunday's game. And I remember Fridays, because it was a short day, we got out at 1, 
T.O. would invite everybody to his condo downtown Dallas, all of the young guys, and say, I'm going to treat you to my doctors. Go ahead and get whatever you need, the massages you need, the IVs with the B12s and the vitamins all souped up in there. Go ahead and get whatever orthopedic issues looked at by my orthopedist. Like all of these different things. Terrell Owens foot the bill for you're talking about a dozen guys that were on rookie contracts around the Dallas Cowboys. That's the kind of teammate he was. So regardless of whatever you hear in the media, like Terrell Owens was a good teammate. And this is not uncommon when it comes to NFL players in today's games, spending seven figures to take care of their body. Because after all, their body is their business. Well, it's somebody that clearly spends an awful lot of money on his body uh, and really (laughs) wants to make sure that it's... uh, (laughs) And you, by that, you mean, by, by that you mean the restaurant bill, well, right? Exactly. <laughs> by DoorDash is what I mean. Uh, no, look, I always thought that Terrell Owens got a bad rap, but I'm curious to, to hear the Russell Wilson idea about playing until he's 45. Because to lifestyle. me, that that's interesting. Here he is on Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's a lifestyle. I think that when you're, when you're trying to play, to, as long as I'm trying to play, I'm trying to play to 45. 45, that's 12 more years. 12 more years, yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, the, the mentality, uh, the focus level, uh, everything that you have to do has to be surrounded around that. So it's been it's been an amazing journey for me so far. You know, 45 might be stretching it, and I know that everybody's now, you know, the new wants to be the new TB12 and all that stuff. Yep. Look, he is somebody that I will give incredible credit to from this standpoint. I've never seen a mobile quarterback who has been better at avoiding hits than Russell Wilson. Really? I, I I think that's, I mean, you see him get out of the pocket. Nobody's better at sliding at the right time. I think that's uh, getting out of bounds at the right time. I don't think he takes as many hits as people think he does. Well, he does take a lot of hits unnecessarily because he holds on to the ball a really long time, too. So I'm not trying to make any excuses hmm. for his protection. But Russell Wilson has got to know when the journey's over and getting rid of the football is a big part of that. So there's a reason why he's the most sacked quarterback in the NFL since he's coming to the league, and it's not all on his offensive line. Well, that is people don't forget. We felt like we needed to bring up Terrell Owens because why not have a Dallas Cowboy on the show since you have a oh, Dallas God. Cowboy hosting the show? I know you didn't like when I when I mentioned that. You you think of me as a Cowboy or as a Giant? I think you more as a Giant just because I'm from New York. Okay. But I, I don't. Being a cowboy, being a cowboy fan is a character flaw. Really? Yeah, oh yeah. So, Absolutely. So, uh, like, it tells me something so, about. So, you. does that make does that make me have a character now, flaw because play, they actually no. paid me? They they, they, they they gave me checks. I'm a, I'm a yes. fan. I'm a fan of anybody that gives me money. I, well, I'm a fan of any, anybody too. that gives me money. I can I'm be purchased <laughs> and not very expensive, and certainly not by uh, the amount of money that you got in your career. But no, I, I understand it from your standpoint. Gotcha. They drafted you. They brought you into this world. I get it, but I think if you, you know, especially the people who are the out-of-market, live somewhere else, Cowboy fans. Like, yeah. honestly, just just go So away. if you're a Cowboys fan in New York, it doesn't really make a whole lot no, of sense. No, no, it's not even that. It doesn't even make sense. It, it tells me about you right away. It tells me that you're a front runner because let's call it what it is. Most of the Cowboy fans who are not living in Dallas, who are around the country, were there because of Troy and Emmett and and Michael Irvin. That's why they're there. They were front runners. They mm-hmm. jumped on a bandwagon and that was it. And they haven't won anything. Cause to me, to me, you jump on when things are going well. Tells me a lot about you. Gotcha. I'm hearing you loud and clear. Just like I heard Mike Tannenbaum loud and clear when he happened to say something about Kyler Murray 
that perked up our ears around here. We'll get to what that is on the other side of this break. You're listening to Carlin and Canny, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Carlin and Canny on ESPN Radio and E+. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Candy Carlin line, 888-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776. And, big fella, we were just having a conversation about how the Arizona Cardinals feel like they're noncommittal when it comes to Kyler Murray's future out in the desert. Well, we got two general managers in the NFL with young signal callers on rookie contracts that are taking the exact opposite position. This from the NFL Combine today from Dolphins general manager Chris Greer. Quote, the door is shut on Deshaun Watson as Miami is continuing to build around its 2022 first-round draft pick to a tag of Iloa. We also heard from Eagles general manager Howie Roseman, and he said, in quote, we have Jalen Hurts, a 23-year-old quarterback who led his team to the playoffs, and he's going to get better and better and better. He's going to do everything possible to get better, and we have to do our part in making that happen. Now, he used a lot of better in that, but are the Eagles better off with building around Jalen Hurts with those three first-round draft picks, or should they strongly consider an alternative this offseason in the quarterback market? Jalen Hurts can play. Jalen Hurts can win. They should absolutely build around him. Okay. There's no question in my mind that they are better off right now with still having Jalen Hurts on the rookie contract, something you were talking about extensively earlier. Yep. Of being able to still put pieces around him to help him have more weapons. And look, in a couple of instances, I love Devontae Smith. I don't know what they're doing with Jalen Rager and why they drafted him a couple of years ago. But they need to give him some more help. And I think that team, while they didn't look like they were particularly ready for prime time against the Buccaneers, they may not be all that far off if he continues to develop on the trajectory I believe he will. On the flip side, what is Chris Greer talking about? <laughs> Honestly, are we watching the same games? Did they not did somebody shut off the closed circuit in the stadium so that you couldn't actually watch the Dolphin games with Tua? I get it. You you can watch him and think in one moment this guy is capable of leading us. And then you have to watch him throw the football. And I'm not an expert. I never played professionally. It doesn't strike me that he throws the ball particularly well. And then you have to watch Justin Herbert, who was drafted one spot later with the L.A. Chargers, throw the football around the yard out there in SoFi Stadium. Well, maybe that's why Chris Greer's doing it, because he just survived the power struggle with Brian Flores, and he has to almost double down on the situation considering how well Herbert's playing. Well, his job security is tied to whether or not Tua pans out. And the minute that the organization pulls the plug on that, it's no longer Chris Greer's team. It's whoever's coaching that team at the time. It's their show. And I think that's exactly what that dynamic was between Brian Flores and Chris Greer. And we know that Brian Flores was interested in Deshaun Watson because they have the same agent. There's a relationship there. And then Brian Flores gets ousted in Miami, and all of a sudden Watson's interest in Miami Ends up changing. Two is not even the best quarterback in the tongue of Iloa family. I mean, let's be That's clear fair. about that. That's fair. You know, they're not. He is a decent quarterback, but he when he's is, healthy, yes, when he's healthy. But when I think about him, you know, the word that comes to mind: limited, mm. limited. And when I'm a, a a team that is going to pitch my 
self to that or hitch my whatever it is, hitch my wagon to them or whatever. Yeah. Um, he's there. There's nothing about him right now that feels like I'm definitely going to win with him if I have the right guys around him. Like, I, I love Jalen Waddle as a player. Am I going to be able to maximize what Jalen Waddle can do with Tua as my quarterback? I get a lot of Daniel Jones vibes from Tua. And I'm not saying that they're, they're the same player in terms of the physical attributes, but you're always going to be wondering if they'll ever realize their full potential. And I'm not quite sure that either one of them is going to get there. And on top of that, there are injury concerns with both of them. So I'm with you. I'm in the camp that Tua Tagovailoa is probably not going to see a second contract with the Miami Dolphins. But, I don't think that's going to happen. If you're the Dolphins, why would you not want to try to go get Deshaun Watson? Because to me, if assuming, listen, all the stuff that's going on around him is obviously troubling enough. Let's just let's talk about it from a football standpoint for a moment. Why would you not want to try to get him? Again, the mentality of screw the picks. Let's go get our guy and let's go win. And if you you can't tell me that if the Dolphins don't or the Dolphins add to a tongue of or uh, add uh, Deshaun Watson, they're not immediately, immediately at least in contention in the AFC. Well, you have a conversation there if you get Deshaun Watson on who the best quarterback in the AFC is. Yes. AFC and, East. And, and, you have a, That's a legitimate conversation between Deshaun Watson and Josh Allen, who the best quarterback in that division is. Yes, and I, I would go as far as to say that I think a lot of us have forgotten how good he is. When, when we last saw him, he was a top-five player on a posi- terrible at, football at, at team. the position, on a terrible team. Yeah. That's how good he is. Now, a lot of the noise, a lot of the drama – has kind of knocked him down a little bit, but that's that's what you're talking about. And he's in his mid twenties, and he's under contract for the next several seasons. So it would make sense if you can move move past all of the legal stuff that Deshaun Watson would be the guy. So to shut the door on that without that stuff even being resolved and saying that Tua's our guy, I don't know what you've seen from Tua for him to deserve that blind faith in the organization beyond the fact that you want to justify the pick if you're the general manager, Chris Greer. Let me ask you this. Did we just see two teams that now know a little bit more about the Deshaun Watson situation that said, you know what, we're good? Maybe they found out a little bit more this week and said, okay, we're going to pass on this situation. Well, I tell you what, it's going to be an interesting decision that Houston has to make because there is a roster bonus that's due, um, not a roster bonus, but a guaranteed salary bonus that's due at the end of March where they're going to have to make a choice or guarantee $35 million for Deshaun Watson. But coming up next, after what we heard from Rob Manford yesterday, are you more or less optimistic that a deal gets done and the season will be saved?